What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Football Advocate Podcast, your weekly source for common sense fantasy football advice. I, of course, am your host and fantasy football advocate, Chris. Hope you're all having a great day out there, a great week. Hope you did well in week seven, better than me. Uh, Yours truly had a very, very difficult fantasy week. A lot of injuries I'm dealing with, like so many of you are as well. And I lost one of my games by 0.5 points. So literally, one catch for one yard and I would have won. Bad beats, tough breaks. But whether you're new or experienced, uh, bad losses and unexpected wins are very much part of the game. You get used to that after a while. It stings for a moment, but then you move on. It's okay. It happens. This is, in the grand scheme of things, some of the things going on in the world, losing that fantasy football, this is, this is fun. This is a game. Uh, I always like to win, but it's not the end of the world when, when you lose and you have a good time and you move on the next week. So I am here to help you do that, help you move on to your week eight and hopefully have a better week than week seven. Hope you enjoyed the new format of the show starting last week. I, I feel it's much easier for me to pass along useful information uh, when I'm focusing on the next week, the future and current stories, as opposed to just continuously running down uh, the um, what already happened. It, like I said, in, in my, my diatribe to start last episode, I don't feel I can be as useful to all of you when I'm just reviewing what you could find a hundred other places, as opposed to looking forward and giving you my opinion, because that's, that's why you're here. That's why you're going to keep coming back is if I give you good advice, you can actually use, you're going to want to hear more. So no 20 minutes, uh, no 20 minute intro this week, as promised. That was, that was only last week to kind of explain the new layout. We're going to get right into it this week with quarterbacks and, you know, top five, projected at each position. I'll go through them. If I see anything that stands out, I'll point it out and then I'll move on to some uh some players that you may want to take a look at who aren't necessarily ranked that high and then get into some players that need to be rostered. Uh so okay, top 5 quarterbacks of the week. Russell Wilson, number 1, no surprise. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, and Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow who had a great game last week. This kid looks like a star in the making. Uh, Bengals may very well have found their franchise quarterback, so good for them. And it's a that's a fan base that is very much due a trip to the playoffs. They, they they have suffered for quite some time, kind of like Browns fans and a lot of other fan bases around the league. So while I do admit to being a Patriots fan, trust me, I remember when that team was not so good and, and how bad it sucked to uh, not have a competitive team on the field to watch every Sunday. So I do sympathize with you. I'm not... The, the novelty of how good my team has been the last couple of decades is not lost on me, believe me. I very much realize how lucky I am as a fan. <clears throat> but as far as the top five goes, I mean, the only one I think would have trouble hitting high numbers this week. Uh, Mahomes will be fine. He's playing the Jets. Their defense is terrible. Uh, Josh Allen. Well, the Jets defense, I, I actually don't know if the Jets defense is terrible, but Mahomes will be able to deal with, deal with them. Uh, Josh Allen. Against the Patriots, as a fan, I'd love to say they're going to be able to shut him down, but I mean, they haven't been able to stop anybody recently. So I think Josh Allen's an okay start. Aaron Rodgers, I yeah, you play Aaron Rodgers no matter what the way he's playing right now. And same with Joe Burrow. I mean, they're playing Tennessee. Tennessee's defense, or at least pass defense, is only ranked twenty fifth. So that's a that's a very good start. 
uh, you know, next couple of guys on the list, Wentz, Brady, Derek Carr, those guys are all fine starts too. Derek Carr, there's a lot of stigma around Derek Carr's name because he's been very inconsistent in the past, but putting up great fantasy numbers this year. So I think he's more than a safe start. Russell Wilson, number one on the list. The only one I think may not hit his projection as far as the players I just mentioned. Nothing against Russell Wilson. Obviously, tremendous player, great talent. Uh, seems like a really good dude too. So easy guy to uh, easy guy to cheer for. But uh, I mean, his lack of hitting his projection right now is th- it's thirty four points. His projection. So I-, I just don't see him hitting thirty four against San Fran. I know their defense is banged up, but division games are usually if you're going to have a game where uh, two teams surprisingly have a defensive battle, it's going to be a division game a lot of times because they know each other so well. And even though neither of those defenses is, well, Seattle's defense is bad right now, let's face it. Uh, and San Fran's is, is surprisingly ranked fifth against the pass despite some some struggles and injuries. But it's more about the way that San Francisco controls the ball on offense. I think the Seahawks will win the game, but Russell Wilson won't have to go up and down the field passing the ball. Add to that, it looks like Chris Carson, the running back for uh, Seattle, may miss some time. Uh, their backup, Carlos Hyde, is is good. He's a nice back. He's kind of a journeyman player who's been around the league a while, but he's not Chris Carson. Defense is not going to be as scared of him running the ball as they would be Carson. So they're going to be able to defend the pass even better than normal. They already have a decent pass defense. And add to that San Fran's ability to, despite having multiple running backs injured, I think they can still control the the, the clock on offense. They're going to have the time of possession lead. Russell Wilson's just not going to have the time in the game to get that kind of points. Uh, it's just not going to happen. He's still going to have a great game. I think Seattle still wins, like I said, but... You're not gonna. I don't think you're gonna see him go off for like 305 touchdowns. That's that's just not gonna happen this week. It's not the kind of matchup. Um. So okay. So other quarterbacks maybe worth a look. Um. I, 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 Justin Herbert against Denver. I mean, this kid. This looks like a great quarterback draft class with Burrow and Herbert. We're gonna get our l- first look at Tua down in Miami. Uh, I tag of Aeolia? Man, I always mispronounce that poor guy's last name. And if you know my last name, uh, <laughs> you laugh because it's 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 a tongue twister, also. But yeah, no, I I, I think this could be a, a, one of the better draft classes for quarterbacks in recent memory. The way that Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are playing to this point, both look tremendous. Uh, I'd be weary of Matt Ryan. He does not look good lately. Baker. Mayfield, you don't know what you're going to get from him with Odell Beckham Jr. being out. Now, I mean, Nick Chubb was out. Now Odell Beckham Jr. is out. Uh, some some changes on this offense. Um, that could that can either go one way or the other. It could be always missing his key guy, so Baker struggles throwing the ball. Or they're not trying to get him the ball a certain number of times per game, so it opens up the entire offense to whoever's open. And he had a couple of young players, receivers for the Browns that did really, really good work on Sunday. Helped them come back in that game against the Bengals and Joe Burrow and win. So I would absolutely, uh, I would wait a week 
on Baker if if you have another quarterback and he's not your definite starter, which I can't see why he would be, honestly. Uh, but you probably have to, if you have him, you probably have two quarterbacks and you're switching back and forth. And yeah, I mean, you may want to, you may want to wait a week on him unless you have to start him just to see how he's going to do without OBJ in that offense. Roethlisberger, uh, division game against Baltimore. Baltimore's defense just got stronger with the Yannick and Jaku trade. Uh, they're probably going to try to run. It's going to be a ball control offense, ball control game in general, I think on both sides. So he's probably not going to get you a whole bucket load of points. Uh, a guy like Teddy Bridgewater might, though, playing the absolute worst defense in the league, the Atlanta Falcons, on Thursday night. Nothing's better than putting a player out there on Thursday night and having them absolutely kill it and going into uh, Sunday with a you know, 30, 35-point lead because your quarterback killed it on Thursday night. So if you're looking to stream someone this week, Teddy Bridgewater is a great, great, great choice. Uh, I'm not really seeing anybody here that should be rostered that has a really, really low, low percentage. Uh, let's see. I mean, guys like Carson Wentz at 77. Breeze has a little lower than that. Cam Newton, understandably lower than that. Let's see. Joe Burrow, only 62% rostered. Joe Burrow needs to be rostered in every league, especially if you can have a keeper. Joe Burrow's doing this good this year as a rookie. Imagine with a full offseason next year what he's going to be. Absolutely get this guy on your team. Same with Derek Carr. 36% rostered, only 16% started. I mean, if you have Patrick Mahomes, you're clearly not starting Derek Carr over him. But, especially now, where you have so many uh, so many teams on bye each week, you have two to four teams on bye each week for the next couple weeks, you need a guy like Derek Carr if you have bye week issues. Let's see. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 19% owned. So a lot of you aren't starting him. So he's he's probably just streamed in those leagues. Because I don't, I don't think he's very... Uh, yeah, 6.7% started. So that's probably players who are teams that just really need a quarterback for a week or two because of bye weeks or injuries. So that's good. You guys seem like you're listening to me out there. So that's good. Keep it up. Let's get to running back. Not really any surprises here. Uh, Derrick Henry, Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, a top five projected. Joe Mixon just underneath Dalvin Cook uh, with point one point difference. Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, and Joe Mixon are all questionable. And they, uh, well, Mixon didn't play, or excuse me, Cook didn't play last week because his team was on by. But Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon missed the game. Uh, they did not play so Obviously, if those guys play, you start them. But if not, uh, I mean, definite, definite, definite advice. If for some reason, Giovanni Bernard, Joe Mixon's backup, or Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones' backup are not uh, taken in your league yet, if they are not rostered by somebody, go pick them up now. I don't even care if you're all set at running back. Drop someone you're not using or isn't doing well for you. Go pick up one of these two guys, or both of them, if you have this, if you have the spot on your roster. Just have these backups. If they're banged up now, you never know. It could be a lingering thing. You could get some really valuable play from these guys down the stretch. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Henry, none, none of these defenses, these top five or six guys are playing, are very good. I'd feel more than confident starting any of them. And let's be real, 
uh, Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara were first-round picks in your league, you're starting them no matter what. The Browns want to run the ball. You're, you're using Kareem Hunt. You're playing Kareem Hunt because they're going to throw him to him. They're going to let him run. It's it's a good situation. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know if he can touch this guy right now. That 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 Cowboys. I know I know it's crazy to say don't start Zeke Elliott, but the, that Cowboys offense is so inept. They're so bad right now. They have no threat in the passing game. Great receivers, just no one to throw them the ball. They're stacking that line. They are shutting Zeke down. This guy can't run anywhere. I mean, I would honestly consider not playing him if you have anybody confident who can start because you might get a four to five point day from Zeke. And that's not going to win anybody their game when a guy like him, who you drafted to be a big scorer on offense, is only getting four to six points. It's not going to do it for you. Maybe he breaks one. Maybe he gets lucky. But that Eagles defensive line is pretty good. They're ranked 10th against the run. So, I mean, it's, that's kind of risky. I know it's disappointing. You drafted him high. But you got you got to be smart each week. Uh, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, 15-point projection. Going against Carolina on Thursday night, again, like I said about Teddy Bridgewater, it's really nice to have one of your players go and tear it up on Thursday night and know you have that heading into Sunday. And it can be a little intimidating to your opponent to see points on the board already. So maybe they make a mistake trying to overthink it. That That's happened. It's happened to me when I first started as well on, on the negative end. So, I mean, there's... It's definitely a good place to go is Todd Gurley. Um, I think probably just, I mean, just looking at this list, he's a starter anyways. I don't think anybody's not going to start Todd Gurley if they have him. Uh, yeah, 29th against the run for the Panthers. So he's an absolute must start. David Montgomery is kind of a, a crapshoot. That Bears offense is not good, but he is the primary back. So you never know how much, you know, he'll get plenty of use, whether it be running or pa- uh, catching. But, I mean... I don't know. I don't. I don't really know what to expect from him. I don't think a lot. If he scores in the fifteen to 16, 20 point range, it'll be because he got a touchdown. He's not going to run like crazy with the ball. The Bears don't have a good offensive line, so you're going to start him if you have him, just because of potential. But I wouldn't expect a lot. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, start him. Obviously, kid's been great. He's the primary back on one of the best offenses in football. And they're playing the Jets, who are bad on defense. Absolutely start. Uh, Boston Scott, if Miles Sanders doesn't play this weekend, and it's looking like he isn't going to, absolutely start him. Going against a very bad Dallas Cowboys defense. Uh, Sunday night game, primetime players you just usually seem to really step up for those. Definitely start Boston Scott. I feel good about Daryl Henderson Jr. this week for the Rams. Going against a my, uh, bad Miami pass defense, excuse me, rush defense, and I mean, I know he's splitting the backfield duties with a couple other people, with Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers. I think he's really come out as the number one the last few weeks, and he's not your number one running back. Well, okay, he shouldn't be. Maybe he is because of injuries, but nobody drafted Daryl Henderson Jr. to be their their big point scoring back. He's one of those players you pick off the waiver wire who really helps your team out by putting up 8 to 10, 11, 12 points per game, and sometimes more. There's going to be games this year where he goes off and has two touchdowns and gets 20 fantasy points. That is such icing on the cake 
that's how you win your league. That's how you win games by having players like this. Definitely start him against a very bad Miami Brush defense. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, Justin Jackson. Uh, without Austin Eckler, that Chargers rushing game is not great right now. And uh, but Justin Herbert's been phenomenal, so they really don't need to. So they're gonna they're gonna pass a lot more. Devin Singletary of the Bills. Uh, the Patriots rush defense has not been great the last couple weeks. Neither is Singletary. So I think with bye weeks and injuries to running backs, you're probably starting this guy if you have him. And if not, then you're in pretty good shape and good for you. But you, if, if you have him and you got a flex spot open, you may want to throw him in because that, that, that Patriots defense, you can run the ball on them and you could end up with a pretty nice day from Singletary. All right. As I mentioned, uh, Giovanni Bernard and Jamal Williams with the injuries to the guys in front of them, uh, Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones. Neither of those injuries seems severe. Those players could come back at any time, but they could also miss a few more weeks. You absolutely want one of those players on your bench, at least on your bench, just in case you have a starter that goes down. Or if you have injuries, I, I have a couple leagues where I have both of these guys because my running backs are so injured. I have Miles Sanders and Nick Chubb. And I just need guys to put in there instead uh, to fill the spots until those guys come back. And even if it's only for a week or two, it's going to be pretty good fantasy outputs. Both those guys had a real nice week in week seven, uh, along with a guy like Chase Edmonds of the Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals are on by this week, but if Chase Edmonds is available on your waiver wire, pick him up. I did. Kenyon Drake well, is, is the number one, but they've already been splitting duties at the running back position anyways, even though Drake usually gets the start. Drake's going to miss a few weeks. Drake got hurt week seven. So Chase Edmonds is going to get a lot of play on a very, very good offense that likes to run the ball in Arizona. So a lot of times people don't pick guys up on bye week. They like to wait. I picked him up anyways, just put him on my bench. I wasn't taking the chance. Chase Edmonds is a guy you're going to want to have. He was already getting more work even before the Kenyon Drake injury. And now that Drake is injured, you could see Drake come back and Edmonds still stay the number one. That's not a situation that happens very often. You're not going to see that with Giovanni Bernard or Jamal Williams. Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones are the number one running backs for their respective teams. Edmonds might be able to sneak in some more work because of how well he's played and because Drake has been a little inconsistent. So that's a good situation to be in. If you can get that guy. You essentially got a starting running back and a running back with a lot of plus upside for the rest of the season uh, if you can manage to get Edmonds. But like I said, his team is on by the Arizona Cardinals, as is the Washington football team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Houston Texans. I should have said that before I started doing the quarterback rundown, but those four teams are on by. So obviously, any players on those teams, you want to move to your bench. You don't want to get caught with a, a zero on your fantasy lineup. So nothing's worse than forgetting there's a team on by. And it people get busy over the course of the week, and they forget. And next thing they know, they it's Sunday afternoon, and it's 1 o'clock, and they turn on the game. And, oh, I have two guys on by this week, and I didn't notice it. Swap them out now. Even if you don't put anybody in the spot, just put them on your bench so you don't end up with a zero. Okay, let's see. 
Running backs, before you move on, rostered. Anybody you should have that is not highly rostered. Okay. Oh, Chase Edmonds, 67%. That needs to be that needs to be a hundred. Chase Edmonds is a talented back. I know I've just been I know I just spent five minutes praising him up and down. Talented back on a really good offense. Uh, he needs to start more. He's going to be the starter in Arizona for a few weeks at least. Jamal Williams, I just mentioned, 64% rostered. That's not that's not going to do either. He needs to be on. Who knows how long Aaron Jones will be out? Maybe he's back this week. Maybe he's out a month. Who knows? Who knows if he aggravates it again? Whatever injury it is, then there you go. You have a really, really good running back and a really good offense you can use for at least a few weeks. Alexander Madison, uh, he didn't do great in week six, was on bye in week seven of the Vikings. He's Dalvin Cook's backup. Dalvin Cook may play this week. He may be back from injury, but uh, it could also be a few more weeks also like the rest of these guys. So pick up Madison, 58% rostered. That's that's That needs to be higher. Giovanni Bernard, 51%. Go out and get these guys. There, you, there's no way you're going to convince me if you're listening to a show because you need fantasy football help, that you don't have at least one spot on your bench where you look at a guy and go, oh, God, I can't. Drop, drop the players who you have because you're thinking with your heart instead of your head. I have I have a league, and I had Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry of the Patriots. I drafted them. Thought they'd be really good with Cam Newton. I had to release them because – they're just taking up spots on my bench. Right now they're of no use and I don't see I don't see a point where they are useful to me. So I had to think with my head as as a fantasy team owner, not my heart as a Patriots fan and say these guys are not going to be fantasy relevant. I have to move on. I could have dropped those two guys and picked up a Giovanni Bernard and a Chase Edmonds. Absolutely. Even if they both go back to the bench. Those are guys who are super talented on really good offenses. The minute that that starter gets hurt, those guys' value increases tenfold. Absolutely go look for those guys. If they're available in your league, I know they're not available in any of my leagues because I got them all, or if I didn't, somebody else did, which is the reason I don't have them. So absolutely keep an eye out for backup running backs who, when they have a chance to, to come in the game to kind of spell the spell the starter, really show something. Or guys who were even put in, uh, in the case of like the Rams. Yeah, I think Daryl Henderson Jr. is the number one guy. But Malcolm Brown came in when they were on the goal line this past weekend, and he ran a touchdown in. They trust Malcolm Brown also. So if something were to happen to Henderson, Brown's going to step in and get those carries, along with Cam Akers, but probably primarily Brown. Just look at, look at those th- kind of things. A good starting running back. Look at their backup and how many carries they get per game. If they only get one or two, well, chances are they're probably not that great. And the team doesn't really work them in. They're kind of just there to take up a spot. Most NFL running backs, are, well, they're all better athletes than me. So I'll put that disclaimer out there right now. Most NFL running backs are incredibly good athletes and can move with the ball. So unless you have a player that does not fit the game plan, uh, if you have a starting running back, on an NFL team with a good matchup, you're going to probably get some pretty good points out of them. And the really great players can get points even in bad matchups. My point is just, just pay attention to carries. 
pay attention to yardage, pay attention to how they do against certain teams, uh, how they're used. I know a lot of people who started Jamal Williams even when Aaron Jones was healthy because they knew it was possible. He got three or four catches, some goal line work, maybe a touchdown. If a guy you have as your second or third running back or your first or second flex option gets you eight to 12 points, you're really, really happy with that. that. That's a good day. You're not complaining about that at all. So take all these things into consideration. It'll make your team a lot better all around. Wide receiver. Absolutely no surprise here after the weeks these two guys had. Devontae Adams, Tyler Lockett, number one and two as far as projections go. Keenan Allen, three. DK Metcalf, four. Stefan Diggs, five. And Tyreek Hill just behind him at six. Uh, Adams, Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs. These guys should hit their projections. No problem. They're not that high. Five catches for 50 yards and a touchdown will put most of these guys over. Devontae Adams needs a little bit more. But that is a great Packers offense and an awful Vikings defense. Division game, so you never know what can happen. Division games are weird. But I would absolutely feel fine starting Adams. You're starting him anyways. You drafted him to be your number one. You have to run with him and hope. Lockett? I mean, Tyler Lockett could hit a big play at any moment, as we saw this past weekend. Uh, He is a great, great, great receiver. Very underrated incredibly talented at catching the long ball, but uh, for some reason, he's never really gotten the accolades he deserves. Don't know why, but uh, he's, he's very underrated. Uh, I would, I would be skeptical at starting him only because I, the 49ers have a very good pass defense. And despite the injuries on the defensive line, they can still rush the passer. I don't think Russell Wilson's going to have a ton of time to load up for deep balls and throw a lot of deep balls. Going to have a lot of shorter passes, I think, to guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. But a lot of people didn't draft Tyler Lockett to be their number one receiver anyways. So while he's extraordinarily talented, there's probably a good 10 to 12 receivers that were selected before him. So chances are you have some on your team who's your number one besides Tyler Lockett. This may not be a matchup to play him. I'm not saying bench him. I'm just saying look at the matchup realistically. Tyler Lockett is a very hit-or-miss player. One week he'll go out and get you 40 points. The next week they throw to him four times for 35 yards. Well, also, that actually, I'm kind of contradicting myself there, to be honest with you, because you didn't draft him to be your number one. So even if, even if, he goes out and gets four for 30. He's probably not killing your team anyways because you didn't draft him to be Devontae Adams. If he ends up doing that, great, and he's capable of it. But, yeah, you know what? I, I, I kind of, I kind of, yeah, I did. I contradicted myself on that one. So maybe Lockett's a safe start after all. Uh, I, I just wouldn't expect a week like he had last week by any means. So if that's what you're looking for. You may want to look elsewhere. Uh, Robbie Anderson. Guys, you may want to look at to start this week. Robbie Anderson, if you've been on the fence about starting him, start him. It is very clear at this point. Teddy Bridgewater trusts him. He has been used uh, far, far better in that Panthers offense than he did in the Jets offense. The Jets seemingly just thought he could run a straight line down the field, and that was it. So if he didn't hit a big play, he didn't get anything. Uh, The Cardinal, uh, excuse me, the Panthers were smart enough to realize that he is a talented receiver all around, and he can do more than just run the straight line. So I'm going to start him this week especially against a bad Atlanta uh, defense. 
on Thursday night. He hasn't had a touchdown since week one, and he still put up good numbers. So this is a guy, if, if, he, if he gets a touchdown, yeah, along with his normal stats, he's going to be a huge factor in you winning your week. Same with a guy like Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd is the number one receiver in, with the Bengals right now. It's definitely not John Ross. It's not It's not uh, A.J. Green anymore. A.J. Green, unfortunately, with his injuries, it appears to be a shell of him, former self. I would absolutely start Boyd. Joe Burrow seems very comfortable with him. Tyler Boyd is absolutely his first option. And he's played exceptional this year. Uh, even in the game against the uh, the Ravens, where the, the Bengals did not have a good game, uh, he, he still did okay. So, I mean, this this guy's a pretty, pretty safe start. And again, you didn't draft him to be your number one. So whatever he gives you is really a bonus. And if he has a week like he did last week, he, he could help you without a doubt either compensate for a, a star player who didn't do well or just pile on and make it that much easier for you to win. Travis Fulgham, uh, Carson Wentz loves this guy. Uh, he's been throwing to him a ton. This guy's seen a lot of work. Uh, very talented receiver. Came out of nowhere, but good for him. Great story. Uh, he is playing, well, he and his team, not just him. The Eagles are playing the Cowboys. We know how bad the Cowboys defense is. Absolutely start him. Sunday night game, prime time. Like I said earlier with Boston Scott, prime time. These guys love to really show out and prove what they can do on a big stage. Uh, Mari Cooper, wouldn't touch Amari Cooper. That quarterback situation is just brutal in Dallas right now, and I I wouldn't feel good starting him. Uh, Mike Evans, Giants have a very poor pass defense, and that happened pretty quick because they were pretty decently ranked a few weeks ago, but they've had a couple of bad weeks. Uh, he's playing Monday night. Um, which, which Tom Brady's going to show up? The Tom Brady that loves throwing to Evans or the Tom Brady that loves throwing to everybody else? Uh, how much is Antonio Brown going to affect that offense? That won't matter this week. He's not playing this week. I believe he's still suspended until next week at minimum. But, I mean, all, all these things are going to be factors with Mike Evans now and going forward. A.J. Green wouldn't, wouldn't touch him. You can't rely on him right now. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, again, playing a very good Baltimore Ravens defense. And Roethlisberger really spreads the ball around. So you never really know which Steelers receiver is going to be the guy that week. It's kind of a crapshoot. But, I mean, if you need a flex option, you could do much worse than Juju. Uh, guys like C.D. Lamb, Scotty Miller, you just never know. I mean, C.D. Lamb with the quarterback situation, much like, much like Amari Cooper, uh, you just can't trust him. Uh, Chase Claypool. Everybody thought he was going to have four touchdowns every week, apparently, because everybody seems upset at him. He didn't do it again this week in week seven. But, I mean, it's 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 how it works. I mean, guy goes out and has a great week. Everybody picks him up and expects it's just going to continue. You don't get four touchdowns and, and, and that many receptions every single week. Nobody does. doesn't work that way. you got to be realistic. This kid, much like a Juju or Deontay Johnson, is it's going to be hit or miss each week as to who the number one receiver in Pittsburgh is. It's going to depend on matchups. It's it, Roethlisberger's not going to throw to a guy just to throw to him. That team is really, really well-rounded on offense. He's going to throw to the open guy. So maybe you need to look a little bit closer at who might be matched up on your player if you're going to start him that week. 
before you put a Steelers wide receiver in. That would be my advice. Wide receivers that need to be rostered on more teams. Uh, I mean, you got a guy like Julian Edelman at 73. I certainly can't blame anyone for not starting him. I know the way he's played. Uh, T. Higgins of the Bengals, also at 73. Really, really good rookie receiver. Uh, he needs to be he needs to be on hundred percent. He and um Tyler Boyd, who I just spoke of, are the number one and two in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow feels real comfortable with this kid. Real good receiver. Only gonna get better. Travis Fulgham, who I just mentioned, only seventy seven percent rostered. That needs to be higher, especially now with injuries and other players underperforming. Michael Gallup, I can understand not touching Michael Gallup with that quarterback situation. But, I mean, if you have a spot on your bench for him, really talented guy. Pick him up and see. Same with T.Y. Hilton. That Colts offense has not been what we thought it would be. Defense is much better, but offense isn't. He's only 61% rostered. Uh, John Brown. John Brown of the Bills, 57%. Look, that that offense is far better when he's in and healthy and effective. Uh, I mean... This first two weeks of the season, he was great, and then he started. He pulled up lame with that injury, and he's really struggled. But besides that, I mean, he's been very effective, and he's somebody who you definitely uh, would like to have at least on your bench, uh, and if not him, a guy like Cole Beasley, who seems to be the benefactor of him, uh, John Brown not being in games. Beasley's been targeted a ton the last couple of weeks. I actually picked him up in my leagues as well because he's been so active. He doesn't even need a touchdown. He had a great week for me last week. Got like 10 catches for 120 yards. And didn't really do anything overly impressive. Just was consistent. Sometimes that's all you need. All right, on the tight ends. Uh, no real surprise here. George Kittle, Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, and Mark Andrews, the top five. Uh, Seahawks are really good against tight end. That seems to be the one place they really shine. Uh, they are ranked third. Uh, for as far as George Kittle and the 49ers against Seattle. Uh, Kittle's great. He's awesome. This is going to be a game where they want to control the ball and the clock, and he may do a lot more run blocking than receiving this game. But, I mean, if you have Kittle in a dedicated tight end spot and you're on your roster in your league, you're going to start him. You're not going to bench George Kittle. Darren Waller's a good start this week. Same with Kelsey. He's, he's so vital to the offense that he's always a good start. Gronkowski, I don't know. He's had two really good weeks in a row. Seems healthy. He and Brady seem to have the connection back they had in New England. I just, he's injury prone and he can disappear at times. And Brady might decide he wants to throw to Mike Evans 15 times this game or Scotty Miller or, well, Chris Godwin's out with a finger injury. But it's a risk. It's a risk because nobody nobody drafted Gronk to be their number one. If if you did, and hats off for having the foresight because I didn't see him having this level of success in Tampa. But he is ninety percent rostered, so apparently a lot of people have bought into it. Mark Andrews, I don't expect a huge day from him because Pittsburgh is really good against the tight end, and Mark Andrews has had a few low point scoring games this year. Uh, it's usually when the rest of the offense is really spinning and they don't really need to use him. But, again, you have Mark Andrews. You're playing Mark Andrews because even though that Pittsburgh defense is good against tight ends, Mark Andrews is a great tight end, awesome receiver. Ravens' offense is dynamic. They can make something happen. They can make it work. He's only projected to get 10.1 points. So the guy catches, even if you're in a half-point PPR league, 
He catches two for 20 yards and a touchdown. You just made your week. You hit your projection. So, or close to it at least. But you get what I'm saying. He doesn't have to do a ton to get you enough points to be effective. So I I, I definitely go with him. Uh, let's see. Jonu Smith. He's, I believe, seventh in the projections. Going against a bad Bengals defense against tight ends. I would feel good about starting him. Uh, he hasn't been real effective the last few weeks, but he, he's due to come out, break out again. Uh, Noah Fant. Noah Fant of the Broncos. Chargers have real bad against tight ends, and I think they're going to be able to pressure Drew Locke, the Chargers are. So Fant could see a lot of action his way if, you know, Drew Locke is forced to hit the short receivers if he can't have time to find someone deeper. Uh, Mike Gusecki. Again, very underrated tight end, facing a, a very mediocre Rams defense against tight ends. Only projected to get eight points. He should absolutely get that. Tua will probably look to him often as a security blanket, along with the running back, uh, being his first start down there in Miami. I'd feel good about him. If you have to go way down the list, Dalton Schultz of the Cowboys. I mean, honestly, he's the only Cowboys offensive player I'd feel comfortable starting right now. Simply because the quarterback play is so poor, they're constantly looking to dump that ball off because they can't get anything going. So he's the benefactor of that. So I, I feel good about starting him. If you're looking to stream someone, you got players on by. Hayden Hurst of the uh, Falcons might be worth a look. Um, Jimmy Graham. Feels like Jimmy Graham's been playing for 40 years. Uh, Jimmy Graham is only 65% rostered. Robert Tanyan, a few down weeks after Devontae Adams came back, but this is a guy that Rodgers threw to a ton earlier in the season. Only 57% rostered. Look, you're only an injury away from a player or that, that offense just kind of switching up what it's doing away from Tanyan being very vital again. And he was banged up last week. Once this guy's healthy and he's back out there, they know what he can do, they're going to get him the ball more. I know what I just said about, about uh, having him on my bench in one of my leagues, because it's it's a very deep league. It's 12 teams, very deep bench. I'm not putting him back on the waiver wire. Because what if something happens to Andrews? Or what if Andrews has a few bad games in a row and they just seem to stop using him as much as they did? I'll throw a Tanya in there and hope that he has a big game. You got to be prepared. If you don't have a dedicated tight end spot, don't worry about any of this. This last 10 minutes or so has probably bored you because it doesn't concern you. But if you do... Even if you have a star tight end, doesn't always hurt to have somebody on the bench just in case. A guy like Tanyan isn't going to kill it every week. But if you have to throw somebody in and hope they have a big game, I feel really good about having the tight end Aaron Rodgers is throwing to as my backup. If you have a really talented quarterback like that throwing to your guy, uh, you're, you're in good shape. Even if it's not even if it's not a killer stat game every week, there's potential. And if you're throwing him in there on a flyer, hoping to get some points, hoping it works out, then, you know, if it doesn't work, what did you lose? You weren't going to do well anyways because your other guy wasn't in. If it works, number one, you look like a genius, and number two, you're happy because you have a much better chance of winning, which is why we play. Before we go, we have a fan question. This was asked on Facebook by Tammy. So my question is, why when drafting is it smart to wait until the later rounds to get a quarterback? I understand that running backs and wide receivers are limited. However, the best three to four quarterbacks can get you 50 points a game. This is a great question. 
And a lot of people, a lot of people struggle with this because you see a name like Patrick Mahomes on the board and you're in round two or three and you're thinking, I have to have Patrick Mahomes. I have to. And look, that's a a great cornerstone for your fantasy team. Hopefully nobody's drafting quarterbacks in round one. But if you are, that's, we need to talk further. But a guy like Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson, they're great players. And it's great to look at your team and see that name. Don't be too stuck on names. I think I've talked about this in earlier episodes. Look at the top quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, right now, points-wise. Mahomes is up there. He's ranked number four. But if you took Mahomes in round two or three, and he's getting you an average of 33 points per game. What a guy like Carson Wentz. A guy like Carson Wentz is <laughs> not even rostered in, in 26% of leagues. And he is exactly three fantasy points average a game behind Patrick Mahomes. So you could have gotten Wentz in, in more than likely any round. The last round, you could have picked him up off the waiver wire after the draft ended. Use those other draft spots to pick up other key position players that can get you more points. Guys that have the talent to make up that three-point difference. I'm never going to tell anybody they're wrong for how they want to build their team. I am not here to tell you you're right or wrong. I am here to give you my advice and to help you with the right mindset as to who you should and shouldn't start. Yeah, I will say things like, I wouldn't touch him. I wouldn't do this because that's me. If you decide to take a chance and it works, good for you. If you decide to take a chance and it doesn't work, then hopefully you learned a valuable lesson and you know, you'll do better next time. Not doing well, making mistakes is the best way to learn. I can tell you everything I know. And I plan to, by the way, if you keep listening to this podcast. But you're going to really only learn through experience. There's going to be a time when I say, hey, I wouldn't start this guy. And you go, no, no, no. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm starting this guy. And you start him, and he completely tanks your team for the week. I don't get any joy out of that. I'm not sitting there going, ha got it. Got it. Nailed it. Sucks to be you. Nope, because I've been there. And I'm trying to help you make not make those mistakes. Also, don't be too hard on yourself. We all make mistakes. We all look at lineups after the fact and go, oh, my God. If I had started, you know, if I had started this guy, I would have won. Second guessing is as much a part of fantasy football as oxygen is to life on Earth. It's just part of it. So you're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up. You're going to make great calls you should never have made. It's all part of the game. It's part of the fun. It's part of the excitement. And, and all of that is it's the learning experience. Uh, but back to the question. Uh, but back to the question. The, the most simple response to why you wouldn't draft a quarterback early is you just don't have to. I mean, Ky- Kyler Murray was drafted probably in the fifth or sixth round of most drafts. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes round two or three. Kyler Murray's the number one ranked as far as overall fantasy points. Granted, he hasn't had his bye week yet, so that is a bit skewed because guys like Russell Wilson have. Uh, Josh Allen was drafted very late. Josh Allen was drafted as a lot of teams' backup quarterback. And he's uh, he's ranked third in overall fantasy points right now. I said Mahomes is fourth. Tom Brady was drafted late. People didn't think he'd be able to do it down in Tampa, myself included. Fifth in fantasy points right now. Deshaun Watson on a terrible team. Sixth. Deshaun Watson was probably the third quarterback off of most boards. And even he was probably around four or five. I would never take a quarterback before round three minimum. If I get to, and that's only if I'm at the end of round three. If I'm drafting at the end of round three, early round four, and Mahomes or Jackson are still on the board, 
I'll give him a shot. I drafted Russell Wilson in the seventh round of one of my leagues. The seventh round for Russell Wilson, the second overall quarterback uh, with overall fantasy points this year. And he's only second because he had his bye week. It's not necessarily bad to get one of these top, top elite quarterbacks, Jackson or Mahomes, in the first couple of rounds. But you really do your team a disservice by not drafting other skill position players there when you can have other players that put up huge points. Justin Herbert probably wasn't drafted in any fantasy leagues, any normal redraft year-to-year fantasy leagues this year. He will he will absolutely be rostered on the majority of leagues after the waiver wires cleared yesterday. Joe Burrow. I drafted Joe Burrow in the 15th round of my fantasy league. Now, granted, this is because these guys are rookies and they're unproven, but they've been killing it this year. Yeah, their teams aren't great but they've been doing awesome fantasy-wise. And these guys were redrafted incredibly late or not at all, and they're putting up 40 to 50-point games. Meanwhile, Lamar Jackson, while the Ravens are a great team, from a strictly fantasy standpoint, Lamar Jackson's not having the kind of year he had last year. Not even close. The team is fine, but he's not having a great season fantasy-wise. And he probably took him in the second or third round, whereas I, I took Joe Burrow in the 15th round and not the third and uh, Jackson is the 20th ranked fantasy quarterback as we speak, and Joe Burrow is the 11th. Joe Burrow's probably going to be my keeper next year in my fantasy league uh, at round 15. So I have a quarterback who can put up massive numbers, who's going to be the starter, who's going to be the focal point of that offense, and I got him for round 15. So now if I there's a decent quarterback late in the draft, I can pick him up in round 10 or 12 and use the rest of that, that that draft to pick up skill position players because I know I'm set at quarterback. Of course, assuming there's no injuries, which is always the big what if. You just don't have to use those valuable, valuable early round picks. You're going to tell me a guy like a guy like Nick Chubb or Joe Mixon. I know they're both injured right now, but when healthy, you could you can you can not have one of those guys and draft Patrick Mahomes, or you can pick up one of those guys and have to use a Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow? Okay. Uh, from, a, from a fantasy point perspective, I'll take Joe Burrow and Nick Chubb over just Patrick Mahomes. And you just got to break it down that way. So thank you very much for the question, and please keep them coming. That is going to wrap it up for this episode of the Fantasy Football Advocate Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it, and I thank you very much for downloading and listening to the show. If you have any questions for me, you can find me on Facebook. That's, of course, the page name is the name of the show, The Fantasy Football Advocate. Or you can also find me on Twitter, at FFA underscore pod. That is the show account. My personal account, at FFA underscore Chris. Feel free to tweet at me, follow, message me, any questions you may have. And if you liked what you heard on this show, I'd very much appreciate it if you could uh, leave a rating and review. Helps me out. Helps other people who are looking for, you know, looking for a little fantasy football help know they can... You know, this is this is a show you can listen to and enjoy. So I, I greatly appreciate that. And maybe maybe tell a friend, tell a friend, family member, somebody you know who may need my assistance uh, to either listen to the show or contact me, ask questions. I love to answer questions. I would honestly love to answer. I have a whole show where I just answer questions and tell you the truth. I love talking fantasy football. As I do get more questions, the format of the show will change a little bit more. Again, there's no such thing as a stupid question. If you have a fantasy football relevant question ask away. Anything. It's absolutely fine. Doesn't make you stupid. You don't know until you know. Until next week. 
please play smart, have fun, and I will talk to you all next Wednesday.